Welcome, binges, to a very special episode of IRT. I just want off to start by saying that this is a safe space and you will be heard today. <laughs> episode six happened. Guys, you remember our fit about Star Wars? Yeah, I remember that bitch fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i want everyone to kind of get an idea of where this podcast show was going because like a fucking wrench was just thrown into our our idea this week yeah. and it's it's gone we had episode five stages of grief last week when it came to obi-wan we thought hey how uh -huh. smart was that we hate star wars it's dying so yep. why wouldn't we just do episode six feet under where we were gonna do a 10 minute episode with a eulogy and saying goodbye to star wars and then Jer watched episode six and messaged us and said, have you guys watched it yet? Have you guys watched it yeah, yet? Can we, can we give them a breakdown of how the conversation went? I'm, I'm just going to read a little excerpt here. I won't need anything. Because like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> you said, I don't want to say anything yet, but has Steel Sparky seen it? I said, why the fuck did I like it? And the F word is all in caps, okay? Yeah. He, you said, dude, and then I said, it doesn't make sense. It, it, Guys, I legit looked at my wife after I watched it at nighttime. My wife was in bed. She's like, how was it? I'm like, I liked it. I don't know what to do. I said, uh-oh. I liked it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was I don't it was fantastic. I don't want to say yeah. that because it feels weird even saying that it was fantastic because everything else was not. So this is the best way to describe um, it because yeah. I was with Jerry yesterday. I said 95% of the storyline and production budget was for episode six. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like what the world? All the CGI in this episode looked fantastic. Right. The, the choreography, the soundtrack, everything was spot on. We'll, we'll break the episode down, I'm sure, but Where what was I was pissed. All this? Yeah, I, I was pissed that in the first five episodes, I'm like, well, this is just just get this over with. Let's let's go, let's go. Episode yeah. six is going to be absolute garbage, and then this shows up, and we have to sit here with our tail between our legs, <laughs> sound like complete idiots because we were dead wrong. Not that we were dead wrong, because the first five episodes are very lackluster. There's, there's nothing to... They're, they're not good. They're cheap. Um, but what Steele said is that they... they I think they knew that. And where a movie should be squished into two hours, like an Obi-Wan movie, uh, we get this uh, stretched out show. And, okay. and it was definitely stretched out in the beginning, but goddamn did they make up for it because all six. we needed was that episode six and even Steele said in our last show which is why our tail is in between our legs right now he's like well maybe they'll drop some cool epic shit and i'm like nah there's yeah. nothing they could do to make up and they legit like Steele, you kind of called this episode because a lot of the things happened in this episode that you called um so let's just well, start off yeah, yeah a few you know one i'll just go quickly just a few of the things i said um one of the things we said, what do you want in episode six? I said, I want some uh, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader and them fucking shit up. Did we get that? Of course Fuck we did. Yeah, we did. Um, I didn't want to see a, um, a Vader helmet reveal. I thought that they were going to do it. They did it a little bit different. Uh, I got about 50% right. Obi-Wan <laughs> was able to splash through his visor and we were able to see his fifty percent. <laughs> you no, know, part of his face, the disfigurement, and it 
with the the lighting and everything in that scene and his voice with half Darth Vader, half Hayden Christensen, it yeah. made her a perfect scene. It, it And I loved it. It was the fan service we want. And I think this is still my beef with, with Star Wars and the Disney version of Star Wars is that it's it, Disney plus is like a buffet and they always have to keep it stocked. Whether you're going to eat the, the the mashed potatoes or not, or if you're going straight for the crab legs, there's always something for everybody, <laughs> and and that's what Star Wars has become—just another buffet item. So I think I, I've last episode we accepted that this is just what Star Wars is. There's nothing. Uh, so I had my my sight set. So when they start ent- entering into high quality, high production quality stuff like Episode Six, it catches you completely off guard. And they throw in stuff from that that lightsaber scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about more in depth. But like, it it adds another layer to to Star Wars that the first episode, first five episodes, I didn't think I would get at all. Well, this is why I actually said to you, I said I'm actually even more angry that it was good because we could have gotten the. You clearly showed us that you could have given this to us four or five episodes ago. And yeah. we got like there were some scenes I still can remember. The worst part of the production value through all those this whole entire season was when the stormtroopers walk up in Jabin, and it's that bad uh, set lighting, and you can see mm-hmm. it on their their outfits. And I thought they were gonna do a TikTok dance. I kind of like yeah. after I saw that production, I'm like, this is the amount of effort you're gonna put into this. I don't even want to see what the ending's looking like. And it was it was really tastefully, and it felt like Star Wars. Um, yeah. Like, for example, let's talk about the episode and break it down a little bit, guys. Um, it does start off with, like, the Dreadnought, and you get, like, the Imperial March in the background the entire time, mm. and you, you just get a little bit of uh, Darth Vader. It, it It's perfect. It's well done. What, what it is is it's that iconic scene from the very first, the Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. And it's that scene where the, the triangle of the, the Star Destroyer comes from above the screen, and it really shows the scale of what the rebels are working with, like what Obi-Wan and, and the people fleeing the empire are dealing with and the scale and the size and the sheer power of the empire where you just think it's this. And then the, the, the Star Destroyer keeps going and into like the massive bridge that is on these things. Yes. And you see what these people are really up against. And it gave me very empire vibes because empire, there's a specifically a shot where there's like three star destroyers up, and they're they're kind of in formation to fuck shit up. And I got that, and I absolutely loved it. And maybe that's what I I want in Star Wars is more empire presence because that is the most interesting part of how Star Wars works and and the threat and the looming existence of this empire. And we got that, and we got to see more Darth Vader in this episode than any other episode. And we we got to you know, kind of uh, admire or take in this underdeveloped Anakin Darth Vader, like you guys yes. have been saying, and we find to get we get to see what what kind of controls his decisions. He's got these these Grand Inquisitors breathing down his neck, like, sir, we have to do this. It's just one Jedi. There's there's nothing we can do. You just have to pass. And then he says, there's not just one Jedi. So mm-hmm. um, to see what Darth Vader's willing to stop at nothing. That's at just to get one Jedi. It 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 speaks a lot to like the training activities. How like you're kind of blinded by hate and your need to win. Uh, so it kind of plays a part, bigger part in this episode. There, it, there's that scene like when he's with the uh, the Grand Inquisitor. Which, by the way, there's some parts in the show that still didn't work in Episode Six. And I'm you're just right. gonna let you guys know that 
right. I, I, before we keep diving into the episode, because I kind of want to save like that lightsaber battle because it was amazing. Oh, that, we're going to talk about that last. Yeah. Can we at least talk about his fucking line that he says? I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. Oh, we'll okay. get there. We'll yeah, get okay. there. We'll what get I want to ask you guys is, I was trying to look at this and said, what was it that I wasn't liking? Okay, besides the bad uh, storytelling and set well, the, the di- value. The dialogue is terrible. The dialogue's awful. And a lot, especially, okay, with this, this is my point. If we got the other episodes without the third sister being involved, mm-hmm. would the show been better? That would cake out the whole kidnap of Leia. Because really, the the kidnapping of Leia was supposed to give us that peril of a child, I think, the entire time. Because nothing else really developed from Leia besides the fact she got a holster and she's like more into the rebels. Like, I don't know. I feel like giving her that story arc as a 10-year-old was kind of yeah. weird. The only it's reason kind of... we got the Inquisitors is because they were Jedi hunters and they happened to stumble upon Obi-Wan. But do you feel that like is we... the only reason we needed them now, is because we, we had to them, find Obi-Wan. Would it have been a better story, though, is what I'm saying. Like, if we didn't have the third sister, now, we didn't have them at all, would we have enjoyed this more if it was more Obi-Wan? Here's why I didn't like the Grand Inquisitor, because of what Steel just said. They stumbled upon Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like stumbling upon things. I don't like it. What this show would have been better is you leave the whole Princess Leia part out of it and maybe have each episode of Obi-Wan running into a situation where he could have used the force. He could have not used the force Yeah, and see how that impacts his day-to-day life. And then all while in the background, you have the inquisitors coming after him, the whole Leia thing. And then meeting more rebels, it it just seemed a little lazy. So when you focus more on the Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan that this episode is, it's that head to head clash that, that we all wanted to see. We're more interested and we we are happier with the episode. We we it's just, it's what we said about episode three, why me and Steel liked it so much. Uh we liked mm. it because it was a Vader that we wanted to see Vader. We got Vader. Um our Star Wars character brackets out. We know how much we like Vader, and I think that that is a testament to just the character himself and the for presence sure. that he's been brought on for all these decades. So getting him in the background, like you said, is probably the best way to do it. And then lead up to this, because this is what I, we just said this in our Miss Marvel podcast. We just recorded before this. You need to lead up to that big boss battle. You need uh-huh. us to be waiting for that. We're doing that right now. Stranger things. We're waiting for that boss battle with Vecna. We're waiting. Right. We, we need to do that with star Wars. And I think what happened was that, um vader and obi-wan were too close to each other the entire time that it felt like vader was always kind of there we need vader to be getting closer and closer and closer yeah because Uh, the force is a wild thing in which we see it in empire where uh i think he vader tortures han solo in order to to for luke to kind of walk into the trap in bespin in cloud city and so we we have a clear establishment that even on Dagobah, so far away from, from Cloud City, is that there's still some kind of force connection. So to have these Inquisitors go and try to put him in handcuffs, it seems pointless to what the force is and the magnitude because we've seen the power of the force. We know the power that, that Darth Vader's com- capable of. So to tell me he couldn't, there isn't some kind of force connection between these two mm-hmm. uh, it is really a missed mark of the show. And that's my biggest thing I can complain about in this show. I think they tried to do it when it came to that whole, um, yeah. what was that? That flashback we got in that last episode there. I, I get it, but they didn't. They didn't lead to anything. But, and we were confused about who was even having those. I feel like there were some spots like you, uh, like you guys were saying, this was a two-hour movie that was dragged out in six episodes, yep. and those dragged-out parts really felt it. Like it was really bad. 
um the base kind of think that this six episode kind of formula formula is just a fad and i think it'll eventually go away (sighs) i hope um because you know we're talking about this now and you know five of those episodes to us were just complete horseshit Mm -hmm. and then you know we just did our miss marvel podcast and you know without spoilers you know between the three episodes there's one that you know we can say well you know it's just a filler yeah you know it's but we so got five fillers you know what i mean the thing is when you have six episodes you know people are going to be competing to you know it's going to be what's going to be the best show the one that has the least fillers i, I agree right and i feel like with the six episode uh, with anything especially with a movie okay let's just say that this is a movie the two yeah. hours you're in that theater for i'm saying two hours that's the precedent these days um <laughs> is to get that scene where your your protagonist uh, defeats the antagonist or you get to that boss battle. Even in Avengers uh, um, Infinity War, you get that. They don't win, but you still get that. Um, It's that build up to that big scene at the end. And that's what episode six was. The build up was so choppy that we almost had no faith that this was going to even be able to pick up. So to give us the episode six, like we freaking loved it, but it, felt like it was this episode six is a standalone thing to me now oh totally a standalone so the only thing i didn't like about episode six was when it was starting with um the star destroyers shooting the getaway vessel (laughs) i like space i love astronomy uh-huh. I get that it's Star Wars, but a spaceship cannot move <laughs> like that. I was like, is he going to talk about the physics about like the maneuver? Like the spaceship, and it just it, it did look a little clunky. Let's be honest, it looked it okay. looked it looked, looked weird. And I was like, even in the old Star Wars movies, like the evasions weren't that insanely sharp ever. I got you. I got you. Right. So it's almost like he was flying a Tie Fighter almost. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I don't know. But even in the original, the Tie Fighters took like a large arc to turn yeah. around. You know. I'd have to rewatch uh, the fact that that's the only thing you picked out of this show, out of this episode, is actually pretty pretty wild. That's that that's that's how detailed we have to look. <laughs> uh, my my least favorite part of this episode was the pacing near the end. How you had the the riveting action of the whole fight that we'll talk about, and then you had. Uh, it takes its foot off the gas, and then you go back to the moisture farm with Luke Skywalker and and the third sister. I, I was so out though. of it at that point. I mean, it brings the whole third sister thing around. Yeah, but uh, we don't need full it. Circle, full like... circle. No, we don't oh, need it. But right, it's, it. in my opinion, it's more of a. Um, it's showing. It's showing that. You know, even though we have all this darkness, that the light side of the force is starting to prevail again, uh-huh. and it's kind of like the the birth of you know the light kind of thing. You know, right after that whole fight scene, okay. you know, obviously uh-huh. we get we'll we'll talk about that, but we get something new in Obi Wan, and then we get the third sister realizing in herself. And I think that's kind of just foreshadowing the birth of the light side of the force again. I feel like like anything the third sister did in this show was moot because it was, it also kind of, I felt clunked up the entire show. Yeah. Um, Especially this part where she's like, one, she got hit by a lightsaber last episode. Let's remember that. Um, And then all of a sudden she's in Tatooine. Fine. No, we're not even going to talk about the lightsaber thing. 
and then she goes and she chases down Owen and and uh whatever her name was Grew Brew. I never knew what her Brew, name was Brew. Yeah. Um and <laughs> and then uh you know she scares Luke. Um and that's all that's it. And then she brings him back. I felt like I'm like, okay, like this is nothing. I think this is just to give us more urgency because what's what's um gonna give us anything more to be excited about once the battle's done, right? So I felt like we needed that more fan service, I, obviously. Right, very it, end. It was just well, okay, but that was well done. Listen, that I, was very. Oh, well we'll done. talk about the very. Well, end. Don't worry, okay. we'll, okay, we will get, get there. Let's get into the fight, gentlemen. Let's talk. Yeah, about that's this shit. because the the first part of the episode was what she he Obi Wan had to bargain with Leia to like say I'm gonna go yeah. face Darth Vader, and I like that he didn't just go right to the Star Destroyer. He's like, I get to pick the battlefield, so he picks this moon or wherever the hell it was. Again, the, the same problem this show has always had is that. I don't know what what's what or who's where. And so he kind of gets to pick the battlefield and Darth Vader just follows him. He follows him and he follows him like into a trap. You know, at the end of episode three, he he Anakin follows Obi-Wan. He tells he warns him about the high ground. And he chops off all his limbs. So I think it's it's like a telling that maybe Darth Vader still is is blinded by something that he still can't see what Obi-Wan's up to. Absolutely. We definitely get there was a lot of that character development we were talking about with the young two of them during that scene. It was that growth we saw there. Uh, mm. Something that when the scene starts when they land on that moon that made me feel, okay, this is Star Wars. When Vader walks off the his ship and it's just the Imperial March and all you hear is yeah i'm like this sounds like it's not him going where are you obi-wan come out come out like he's not yeah. giving us those cheesy and obi-wan's lines. just standing there it was great and then there's oh. a shot where they start the the lightsabers go and we okay we know this is the battle we've been waiting for that we should have gotten not in episode three but now yeah. um and it pans there's a scene where it's, they start the battle and it pans out and it it, it shows just how epic this battle is going to be with yep. the moon in the background, it's just the two little figures on the moon, it's, and we it's get the important. Sorry, right. his his opening line: "Have you come to destroy me, Obi Wan?" Oh, um, that felt it's good. The, the the composition of those shots is absolutely incredible because it shows the scale of the planet. It shows like the monoliths in the background yes. that are kind of like standing behind Obi Wan, and it shows that wide shot of him versus Darth Vader. They have the lightsaber lightsabers out. There's so many parts pre-fight before his ship lands i'm like damn that is a good shot i want that on my wall yes um, so that that really really put me in the mindset like okay we're 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 getting somewhere now we have something we have an establishing shot we know where we are we know what's about to go down it's not like some and, soundstage it looks really right good. it's not some convoluted secondary plot where the the sister is going to come up and stab one of them they, it's just them it's just them their raw power versus each other and i I think the build up to it was far more it's that build up and payoff that episode yeah. three didn't get that we're finally getting out of episode six. So yes, when he utters that first line, have you come to destroy me? And then he says, Obi-Wan says his line that he says in, in episode three, he says, I'll do what I must. Mm -hmm. uh, my beef there is that last episode I said, I would like a little more dialogue. Maybe they try to understand each other or why did you do this? Why are you here? Why me? I don't want this. Um, so that was a little bit frustrating. He's like, I'll do what I must. Then he ignites his lightsaber and they fight. So go ahead. I was thinking, yes, yeah, I, was, I, I was about to speak there. I I, had, I was seeing that because I know when I was watching this, I was expecting that, to be honest with you, because just because we yeah. got this Darth Vader who was very mouthy before and very chatty. Yeah. So I thought we would have got a dialogue. But however, I, I thought 
the one-liners that we did get from him were not um very cheesy like they were in episode three they were very darth vader-esque and i felt like if they did have more of a conversation than they had when at the end of it it would have been too much i think it was done enough at this point i i'm actually on in the camp and this might be an unpopular opinion for star wars that darth vader is very much a one-line king he he always drops the one-liner. I think he there's an episode in a part in, in Empire where he strangles one of his his high-ranking officers, and then he makes a quip like, um, like "I'm glad we have." Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad we have that You've an understanding. Failed me for the last time. That's it. And then when he chokes Krennic in Rogue One, he says, "Be careful not to choke on your aspirations." Oh. Darth Vader's always been that kind of one-line. <laughs> and we get so, one of the best Darth Vader lines. Yeah, during but, the fight. You because, know, we yeah. get the crazy lightsaber fight and, you know, we get Obi-Wan try to take down the monolith Yeah, and Vader stops over the force and he says, your strength has returned, but the weakness still yes. remains. And that is why you will always lose and just forces it with incredible power away from him i love and i thought that was one of the best lines that vader's delivered i love that line i actually told my wife about the fight scene because when i told her how good it was like the fight scene was honestly what brought it home it was awesome getting to see the monoliths being used and stuff like where oh um uh, darth vader puts them into a hole using the force and then throws the monoliths using the force at them and that was insane um and it felt very darth vader and it like you said, he says one thing and then shows this immense power. I think that's what Vader is, right? It's just yeah. I'm. And he has another one-liner. Did you yeah. truly think that you could defeat me? You have failed, Master. See, oh. like his his one-liners really show how unhinged Darth Vader is. Mm-hmm. The guy's clearly not well. He's he's enthralled by the the idea of the dark side. It's totally in every facet of everything. And he doesn't see the difference between right and wrong. He can choke somebody out and then make a one-liner about it. Like, that's that's messed up. They, that's really seriously messed up. On the comment up. of like, him seeing everything the dark side, you get that with him with how he talks about killing Anakin. Because he sits there and says, um, no, I killed Anakin the same way I'm going to kill you, which is just by right. en- engulfing myself in the dark side. Right. And, okay, so, so I don't uh, – we're building up to the part. So they, they get at the fight. They throw the rocks, and I made a joke that uh, Obi-Wan uses rock slide. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there like this. Rocks are coming across. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I just had Pokemon Go open on my phone at the same time. That's but, hilarious. yeah, um, it's really cool because – rocks the force and like rocks and lifting rocks is a big part of star wars uh empire on dagobah when when he teaches luke how to use the force uh by lifting rocks ray does it in uh the last she even Jedi. Makes a comment so, about it yeah yeah they, they do make a comment about it earlier in the episode and i think it's it's really cool that they do little nods and that's where the tasteful fan service i said a couple episodes how do you like? What's the difference between shitty fan service, schlocky shit that I don't want to see, versus stuff that I do want to see? I want to see little callbacks. The fact that fucking rocks, as simple as a rock is, I can still I gotta know Star Wars to get the reference. You don't just punch me in the face with Darth Vader. Show me rocks. Show me something. Show me another planet that I haven't seen. Go back to Hoth. Do little things like that um, instead of, of of just shoveling shit in, in oh, and what you're saying with the rocks too that i like yeah. is you know when we see the rocks in the other media it's always them either trying to pick up a rock or just float mm, it or something very point. simple yeah. in this 
we see true Jedis and what the Force is capable of. You know, we see them throwing the monoliths and Obi-Wan just standing there, just throwing rock after rock oh after rock as if it was nothing. I and liked that, that. Yeah. The contrast I liked because Darth Vader tries to bury Obi-Wan by throwing rocks onto him. Whereas Obi-Wan or Darth Vader tries to like split the ground. He kind of goes for the ground attack, which obviously doesn't work. And Obi-Wan, he lifts the ground up and throws that. So it kind of contrasts the the high ground, low ground, the high morality, low morality of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Wow. And there's a lot more of this. What do you mean, so hell? The, the, the one thing I told Jerry yesterday Obi-Wan is tried, I, I yeah. really hoped that he didn't say, I have the high ground now, Obi-Wan. Well, there are some right. things that were said. Like he, right. like he, said. He, he stands there, he looks at him, and he tries to bury Obi-Wan. And, and Obi-Wan is the biggest of Darth Vader's problems. Like, there is nothing Darth Vader can't handle in the entire galaxy other than Obi-Wan. And I think that's the oh, whole he... point of the show that they missed was the fact that that is a big theme with Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh certainly. And we talked about how, how missed opportunity that was and how they could have built on that. So to see it all kind of manifest here, that, that pure hatred where he tries to bury his problems, but like anybody that's ever tried to bury a problem, <laughs> it just comes back to bite you in the ass, I, And right? I love what he did, too. I, I, there's all this growth that happens with Obi-Wan during that fight. So he has the force field around him after he's been buried by these rocks, which we knew was happening. And then yeah. the whole show, we see him battling with the memories of Anakin, but then he has these new memories of Leia that he's able to replace yeah. those with, and that's how he harnesses the, the, the light side of the force, and you uses it properly um i i like seeing that transition right there that was really cool and then we get like you said we need to see something with these shows that we haven't seen before especially with star wars and the force like the force is a big thing and we know it's a big thing so show it to us on another scale we haven't seen it uh before yeah when we get obi-wan with his arms out like jesus and he has yeah. all those rocks and you know he's just gonna start throwing them at them and that's what he does and raiders just that fight was like that was that reminded me of thanos when they kept throwing the shield and the uh the milnir at him oh, and he yeah, just kept coming yeah. at him like this is a fucking good fight because you now i don't know who's gonna win i know this is the last episode i don't know how it's gonna go and i i actually am a little worried about obi-wan at this point yeah, I, I was watching the fight, and uh, like you said, they, they 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 seem kind of like a little rusty, like maybe they're trying something new here. But I, then I started thinking a little more about it. Darth Vader hasn't had a worthy lightsaber opponent in 10-plus yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Anybody he goes toe-to-toe with, even the Inquisitors, just just he just shuts them down. He just fucks them up, right, with the Force. But the one person he can't really go toe-to-toe with or just manhandle like that is Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan's a little rusty because he he hasn't been a practicing Jedi in 10 plus years. And Darth Vader's rusty because, well, he's not used to it. The last time he fought was on Mustafar. And when you get a fight like this where it's kind of like a level playing field, I actually enjoyed the fight a little bit longer. It didn't drag on too long because when you drag it on too long, then you get into the the, the kind of the worst parts of episode three where that, that fight, the duel, the, the, the fight on Mustafar went on a little bit too long yeah no, fucking yeah. 45 minute part of that movie <laughs> and like shit's melting into lava and then they're floating on little like th- this was river. grounded this was, this was grounded it wasn't too much in the background the only thing you had to focus on was what they were saying how they were treating and how they were fighting each other uh and yeah the one every line that that darth vader uttered was it was almost spoken from out of like frustration mm-hmm. like fuck you you know <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I really liked it. I really it really added more to the fight. I like the production value we got here. It just seems like I I love this episode, but I hate it because it's in the middle of like a shit season. Um the production was amazing. The the graphics that we get and the set that we get here was awesome because I felt like I was on another planet finally with them. And yeah. the writing was great. The choreography though, we got in that fight was so good like every single time you have uh vader trying to push him away with the force he just turns around spins his sword and he's on the other side of him i was able to follow that fight and like you said it wasn't too long where i wasn't sick of it it was enough yeah. of it it had good momentum it had a begittle a begittle it had a, a big be <laughs> i'm so a excited it had a begittle uh, uh which is an end and a mini a middle and an end altogether yeah it's all of it in one. words are it hard did, it did it had a beginning you guys it had a beginning a middle and an end like it was yep. so good <laughs> my producer said imagine a kid you babysat one day like years ago tries to kill you as an adult and it's essentially <laughs> essentially what's happening here <laughs> That's a really good take on this story. Looking at the kid and being like, then my friend truly is dead. <laughs> I've done yeah. a good job. Yeah. By the way, yeah. just a quote on that. Obi-Wan is the worst babysitter ever. He wasn't able to watch Anakin, and he never even brought Leia back, by the way. I don't want to say a bad thing about Obi-Wan, because this this yeah, is I what I, I thought about this too long, probably. <laughs> the story of Obi-Wan is, is very sad and consequential. Uh, if Qui-Gon Jinn never found Anakin, he wouldn't be chased down and hunted by Darth Vader until the day he dies. Because you know this this is ongoing. It's literally till the day wow. he dies. And Obi-Wan is just, he's a Padawan in Episode 1. He's kind of forced after Qui-Gon Jinn to take on this, this mantle of, he tries to protect him. He tries to say, don't do this. Don't go to the dark side. We can keep Padme alive. And then... Now he's the victim of the entire fucking empire, all these inquisitors, and Darth Vader himself coming after him just because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, sucks, I, 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 that was such a good point. I you completely switched my view on Qui Gon. I'm kind of like, yeah. dude, Qui Gon's an asshole. This is all Qui Gon's fault. So, <laughs> Fuck you. we're going back to brackets. <laughs> no, no, see, so I disagree. So, okay. Obviously, we get the Obi-Wan after he comes out. You know, he gets the new uh, the new memories of Leia. You know, yep. he gets stronger. And then he challenges Darth Vader again, and he starts winning, and he starts hitting his, I guess you would call them, what, breathing packs or whatever. Yeah, that whatever was cool. Running yeah. his suit. And, and we get... Sorry. No, it's always, I was just going to say, it's never the lightsaber that does the damage. You know how he, like, rifle butts it, like, with his yeah. hand? Kind of smack. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. That's all I want to And then we get the the final lunge, and we get the helmet slash. But I and like that. You're right. He kind of takes the aerial approach, the high ground again, slashes his helmet. But we don't see it right away. And I don't know mm. if you were going to mention this, so go ahead. Yeah, and we see Darth Vader back off. We hear the breathing. Oh, it's so the sound in this that that about like ten minutes of the episode is absolutely phenomenal. And we we had talked about it yesterday. It's a blend of Darth Vader's um, mask, uh, what his voice would sound like, and yeah. hating Christensen talking. Right, and it is a creepy sound. But before he even talks, I love that there's a, almost like a minute where the camera shows like a wide shot. You see the sparks flying from his helmet because it's obviously technologically intricate. Um, yeah. Obi Wan, maybe he knew the precise depth to go, so he didn't kill Anakin because he very well could have. Yeah, 
if it was like a little like an inch deeper. And I love that they kind of sit and they 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 show the condition of Darth Vader, and he's just he's crunch, crouched over, he's winded, he he doesn't know what to do. He's defeated again by the same guy. So they just let you stew on that before they actually show you the face. I'm I I, I agree with you to uh, steal. I love. I was I knew we were gonna kind of see Hayden in there because uh, I've seen all the promos and he's been walking around with uh, Ian McGregor everywhere. So I'm like, we're gonna definitely see him. But having him talk to him in his actual, you know, tormented voice, and then you get a little bit of Jer- James Earl Jones coming in through the mic. I'm like, oh, beautifully done, well, well played. Um, and you see his his eye, his disfigured face. You it see was his good. It's a good acting, and you get him battling you can kind of still see him battling with the fact that he's vader and and it just getting we got a quarter of his face you guys and it was still really good and perceived well and the way he looked at him and talked to him um what i liked about this too is when he says you know anakin is gone i am what remains i am not your failure obi-wan you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did the same way i will destroy you it is what we it is the death of anakin the birth of Darth Vader as we finally know him. Anakin but, is no longer there. But here, here's the the human part of that I still think ex- maybe existed for a, a split second. And, and Darth Vader shows his human side throughout the movies in very, very small. And, and maybe he'll spare somebody or maybe he won't kill them or mm-hmm. crush their windpipe or whatever. And here he shows a little bit of, of human emotion in because Obi-Wan always thought he killed Anakin. He thought he cut his limbs off, left him to die. He he didn't know. And he thought, hey, this guy, Anakin's still alive. I can reach him. But Anakin or Obi-Wan has never really accepted the fact that he didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. So what I think Darth Vader's personal effect here is that one last good deed to Obi-Wan before he tries to kill him is that Obi-Wan. cleanse him of that guilt. Yeah. Rid him of that. Say you didn't kill you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. This isn't your fault. I did. Darth Vader is a totally different entity. It's almost like a demon that possesses him. That he that Anakin doesn't see the difference. Anakin's completely gone. And the fact that he kind of gives Obi Wan that peace of mind to say, "You didn't do this to me. Darth Vader did." And then in Obi in Episode Four, Obi Wan goes on to to tell uh, Luke about how. I used to, with your father, I used to fight, fight yes. with your father. I knew your father. He didn't kill him. Darth Vader, Darth Vader did. did. And I so I love that he's talking about Darth Vader as something that's not Anakin. Because he knows that there is no Anakin. Like, there's no, nothing you say to him will get Anakin back. And he's trying to, he's not accepting that. And I think Darth Vader's line there when you said, uh, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did, really helps him accept that fact. No, it's a big part. Like it brings us, it brings everything full circle to when he says Darth Vader killed your father to Luke. Um, Huge. It, it also it, with him saying goodbye, Darth, to him. That's the exact moment that he's literally accepting um, what he's been taught in this entire epi- the season is that Anakin's alive, but he's not, and he's in, moving on. It was in Episode pivotal. Four. He also calls him Darth as well. He doesn't call him Vader. He doesn't call him anything like that. He just calls him Darth. I, I feel like, but here's the thing: those were so un, like so done, like they were done so badly that it didn't matter. But having it at that moment meant yes. so much more. Having that little Easter egg where you yeah. realize that that's why he calls him Darth and not Anakin, because he knows Obi Wan knows that Anakin's 
fucking done. And the only one who can maybe save him is Luke Skywalker. Timing and placement was like the biggest like fault with the storyline and everything. The way they put things in, it was all over the place. It was matched up. We talk about how getting these shows and going from chapter one, six, three is kind of weird for Star Wars. Well, this did this all in one season. Um, where yeah. they put things in that shouldn't have been in and they should have been in these episodes. This sure. this whole season needed to be rearranged. But having that fight, having that scene, having Hayden Christensen, it was very well done. And yeah. I'm pissed that we just get this quality at the end. But yeah. I'm very happy we got it. Like I said, I'm keeping episode six as a standalone thing just because of that scene alone. I will, Certainly. I love, I, I will always have in my head, like one of those things you said about the desktop, I would love a desktop picture of Obi-Wan with his arms out and a bunch of rocks floating in the air. Like that is just so cool. And like, other yeah. you know, and this is, this is, uh, you know, what we needed for yeah. episodes one through six of Star Wars. It's all about Anakin and Darth Vader. And in episode six, we finally see Darth Vader defeated by Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not defeated because I, I'm sure Obi-Wan could have could have finished it off right then. And then I it, it's the same thing I say about Halloween. Like, why don't you shoot him in the head and just end this whole <laughs> franchise, right? <laughs> shoot Michael Myers in the head. You, just you should have went for the head. I'm, yeah. But I, I mean, like, you know, we, we get Anakin as a kid and then a teenager. And then we get him into Darth Vader. And then at the end, you know... Obviously, we know that one through nine is all about the Skywalker saga, but one through six is truly about Anakin and Darth Vader. Yeah, and I think anything in between kind of touches that too. And episode six of Obi-Wan definitely gave us a lot of tie-in between episodes three and four. There was a couple things about the the lightsaber fight and the lighting on it. I knew you were going to talk about that. When when it comes to show don't tell, use symbology, use use uh, lighting for an effect, use like items, props. It doesn't matter. Uh, but show me maybe the the fading when his the lightsaber, the shining blue from the lightsaber shines on Anakin's face a little bit until he says the line, "You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, Ooh. I did." And then you'll notice from that point on. It's the red light from his lightsaber that it's red ah. is in Star Wars. Red is the Sith. Red is bad. It's completely consumed him. So at the beginning, when he first starts talking to Obi Wan, like no yada yada, that's the kind of part of the show I wanted out of this episode is the back and forth while he's kind of disabled. But the the light changes from blue to red, and it's just a it's that symbolic thing that I don't really think we get. Uh, out of Star Wars, whereas the first three movies aren't very symbolic like that, so we get a little bit of that here, and we finally get to see that transition when Anakin is no longer salvageable and he's done. Yeah, and that's that's why this episode had so much gravity for me. And then we get Darth Vader back in his tower, talking to Emperor Palpatine. Which, by the way, Ian McDermott, um, retur- res- returning his role yeah. as didn't, uh, did, didn't care. I didn't like it. I, I didn't liked like it. it. Okay. I was like, awesome. We get in, we're get, okay. For me, I knew the series, like uh, the season was over at this point. We've gotten like 45 minutes of the show. And I'm like, oh, cool. An Easter egg at the end. Um, I was really enjoying the end for that reason. Um, just getting another That's... Easter egg. Well, and That's then we fun. get the, the last line from Vader. He will not evade me again. Kenobi means nothing. I serve only you, my master. And <sighs> I told Jerry yesterday that was... You know, we we get Obi-Wan facing 
what he's you know Anakin finding out Anakin's no longer there. That's Obi Wan fulfilling his journey, and then we get Darth Vader fulfilling his. Anakin is gone. It is now Vader. We get light versus dark. This is where it happens. I think what I just want is, and maybe I need to find a different show to watch. (laughs) I just want to see Anakin struggle between the light and dark side. I want a show that's just each side pulling him one different way. That's all I want. Comment on that. Or something yeah, between you want episodes two one, two, and three to be fixed. <laughs> to be what? You want episodes one, two, and three to be fixed. That's what you want. I, I do a little bit, and maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's shows out there that show Darth Vader's struggle with the light and dark side instead of him just sitting on another throne and being like, "Yeah, well, I'm ready to commit to the dark side again." Like, bitch, I thought you were committed to the dark side ten years ago. <laughs> and here I you mean, are, ten years later, and you still haven't committed. Like, yeah, I can see how that's kind of. We, we could get a family drama, Anakin and Pat. Me. Oh my god, no. I don't want to watch the visions <laughs> WandaVision by freaking those two together. Uh a couple other notes. I just wanted to point out that Darth Vader, and I easily forget this throughout the show, that he's the dude is like 30 years old, Max. Oh yeah, I guess. That's it, you know, because he's like our yeah, age. Yeah. So to see him to see the, the the mask split open and you can see his his seething mad, his anger. Uh, you can see that, and now when you go back and watch Star Wars, you're going to be thinking of what's under the mask. Like, what does he look like under there? And we've always been curious that. So to see a glimpse of that was actually uh, quite surreal, and, and one of my favorite parts of recent I, Star Wars. Um, I want to know how you guys felt about the really random uh, meeting of Luke at the end of Leia of Luke, where Owen uh, says to him, "He says, would you like to meet the boy?'" And then I don't know if you guys know anything about that line that he says to him, but that's like a huge meme uh yeah like, the hello there yeah the hello there yeah. I, okay I'm not, i know you guys don't like it i'm a, a streamer on twitch you have no idea how many times i hear hello there just from people using sound alerts because um, that meme has just hello grown there. so much so me hearing hello there i'm like ah, he said the line and like i got really excited i don't i don't i don't get excited for oh he said the line i don't like that shit oh, i don't like, I, I i do there's fucking buzzwords that you have to like I feel like they have to say like you have to say lightsaber, you have to say uh Padawan, you, you have to say you hello don't. there. And when you do, it's great. No, but imagine the reaction. Imagine the world we live in where the show is called Obi-Wan and he doesn't say hello there. People would shit on live stream on no joke people just lose their mind right like i get that i get those things you're always kind of expecting and that kind of makes it worse because when you get it you're like ah okay i'm not enjoying that i wasn't expecting it i we're at the end of the show and they put at the end for me that easter egg was just a lot of fun um i and i guess it's i guess it's cute in a sense that he he greets him the same way right and that's, and that's all you get and that's all you get just hello there and we don't have this whole pointless little conversation with luke that we don't need yeah um and then he says goodbye to leia which <laughs> okay i like this for two reasons i liked i finally liked a part with leia because it made sense i liked how she kind of has the holster on she's coming full circle to who she's gonna be um i also liked it because we finally got to say goodbye to little brat I'm like, great. We don't have to freaking see her anymore. It's over. This is this is finally it. I once again invalidated in that Obi-Wan is the worst babysitter ever because he legit just goes to the guy. He's like, you, you, you take her home. Uh, I can't do it. And then at the end, he's like, thank you so much for saving her daughter. I knew I could trust you. Bitch, he didn't even, he 
he's yeah. coming. He just <laughs> arrived now. <laughs> <laughs> he takes credit for saving their daughter. Yeah. What an asshole! <laughs> but I did. I didn't mind the uh, the goodbye to Leia. The Leia um, show was pointless, but that last part yeah. was okay. I I just don't like. I said this to Sparky yesterday. Is that it? Doesn't it? Kind of like in the hologram in Episode Four when she's like, "Help me, Obi Wan. You're Kenobi. You're my only hope. Sense. You serve." You served my father in with you served alongside my father in the Clone Wars, uh, implying that she doesn't know who Obi Wan is. So how at ten years old do you not remember a character like Obi Wan? Um, no, my mind. I, I think been... they. I is think that, they tried it. Is that just Leia just trying to divert attention that she does know him though? Because I, you got to think she is yeah. smart as hell. You you he does say that he says you have to keep it low key so no one knows yeah, that, that that you know me that so I thought that. maybe that was like a cheap fix um but still it's, kind it's of a definitely whole... a cheap fix but I mean what how else can you do it right well from the moment yeah. that Leia was here and we get this big like okay I'm telling you right now they went to two plants and that was enough for you not to forget this guy considering that you've been on your plan of Alderaan for how long so yeah. I just I felt like um. I've been replaying that line. Um, my father served with you in the Clone Wars since yeah, yeah. she's been in here. And I can't make sense of this interaction between them. I don't yeah. think having Leia here. I think doing it how they did with Luke, having them kind of touch on it a little bit and him around was a good idea. Like but, how he knew Ben Kenobi was just this old hermit that kind of lived Exactly. Around, you know, or maybe it like was like a story that she remembered, but she can't connect the dots between the guy that she met briefly, not had a whole yeah. fucking adventure with, and got inspired to be like, this legit was her inspiration and, and freaking origin story. So like yeah. to say that you forget Obi-Wan is a little, I don't know, off of it. Yeah. So. So so are we all in agreement that the last the best scene from this entire show was the lightsaber duel at the end? Yes. Yes, 100%. Okay. No, like this this Good. you could take you could take everything around that lightsaber battle and I would have been a happy happy camper like frick that was amazing. We got the and honestly that's all we fucking needed for the story to progress. Um yeah. The very end, though, I want to talk to you guys. Quickly. You were talking about the very end, the footsteps in the sand. It's an old, like, uh, yeah. religious tale about, you know, you're not really walking alone. And, yeah, it, it, it raises the question, like, how, how often was was Qui-Gon Jinn there? Uh, was Qui-Gon with Anakin at one point? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back and rewatch the, the, the prequels, but... I, I like seeing Liam Neeson at the end. Um, I like how he said what he said. He's like, I've always been here because as you can tell, like Obi-Wan just became fully one with the force. Again, we've, we've gotten the idea yeah. he's been disconnected. So for him to say, I've always been here has been like, you've, you've lost your way sort of thing. And you're finally back on the right path. And it's so very, let me, let me think of throw this at you in, in defense of Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the episode four, Obi-Wan's like, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than than you can imagine, right? In the sense that he becomes a force ghost to help Luke defeat the Empire. Ah. And maybe Qui-Gon Jinn got stabbed on purpose and let himself die in episode one so that he could become the force ghost to Obi-Wan to teach Obi-Wan how to become one with the force, to become a next level of Jedi because Qui-Gon was, uh, was Count Dooku's apprentice. And then Count Dooku served under, or was the apprentice under Yoda. So the fact that all these guys know how to do that means you have to pass it on. So if we do get an episode of season or season two 
of Obi-Wan. I think it's going to be a lot of Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan. It should be anyway. Learning to use the Force, in, extending the Force, and, and maybe Qui-Gon explains, well, listen, I know you were sad or, or it's been so long, but I had to do that for you to win. If well, I didn't do that, you didn't win. I was going to so. ask you guys, do you think we're going to get a season two? I don't know. I haven't read anything out there about this, but the way it ended was amazing and just left it on a really nice way of where okay. Luke goes to find him, you know? So I felt that it we felt could, like a cap of an end. It, well, yeah, it certainly was. Like, it leaves the door open. Um, a little bit of a cap, but a little bit of a door open in the in the fact that, that Qui-Gon's back for that. Yeah, but are we going to get, like, 60-year-old Liam Neeson coming in to play a 10-year-old uh, young, younger version of himself? After seeing him on screen and what accepting that Star Wars is now, let's do it. Well, this let's is what I want to ask now, okay? Let's talk about that acceptance. The acceptance that we made last show has freaking shifted. Are you guys... Okay. I don't know what show is coming out next, but if Star Wars makes another product, where are you standing? Are you going to try to dive? Like, where do you stand with this stuff, knowing that the products that you've gotten so far have not met your expectations? They've been up and down constantly. This was a freaking roller coaster of emotions, oh. everybody. We liked it. We hated it. We hated it. We hated it. And then we freaking loved it. So, like, another Star Wars product's coming. What, how do you feel? I want to I want to talk about the history of my my experience with Star Wars in the last four the three years alone. The Rise of Skywalker, unwatchable. I will never rewatch that movie because of how mad it makes mm-hmm. me. Uh, the first season of Mandalorian, great. Second season, bad. Uh, and then the last episode of this is is bad. So that's like a that's like a twenty five percent success rate for me. That's not enough to get me invested in more Star Wars. I want a new Star Wars product. Um... If you bring in anything about the Skywalker saga, I don't know if I'll like it. Um, that being said, it depends on, you know, because they say it's in a galaxy far, far away. You know, what if, you know, they mention Vader and just say, you know, there was somebody that tried this or something like that. You know, just like a mention of it. A new I'd be okay with, I'd be okay with a short mention like that, like... Yeah, there was the Empire and this guy named Vader kind of thing, and they tried to do some shit and it failed. Well, they tried that in the first, with the First Order, but I mean, the First Order was just an extension of the Empire. Yeah, but I don't want Tatooine. I don't want Hoth. I don't want any of the shit that I know. You want I, give me some new shit in yeah. the same a universe, different... but you don't okay. want knights and Vader. Here's, here's the galaxy. Yeah, here's where Star Wars takes place. I want this over here. Okay. I want them to know about each other, but I don't want them but to coexist. As Star Wars fans, would we accept that as the same universe, right? Or are we just I gonna... would. <laughs> would you? See, they tried. That's what I, I keep going back to The Last Jedi and how they tried something different with the same characters, albeit whatever, but they tried something different and it fell flat with I, fans. I would like to see, and I said this in the last podcast, and, and still you also brought up the, the vastness of the universe that they're in. Yeah. Um, do Kashyyyk, do um, Endor, do there's other planets that we've been in, introduced with characters and things that we might be able to get on board with. Give us that. Fr- oh, I almost spilled my water. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Give us that 
Stormtrooper's office, uh, you know, kind of. Yeah, like, there we go. Like, I'm still we'll going to petition for this because I feel like that's where they're, <laughs> they need to run with this. Do what Marvel does and give us a little bit of everything. See where we can find our spot with it because we're grown up. We, we've matured. We've had other things thrown in our face, other types of movies, other types of storytelling. And it needs to be done differently because we had a hard time holding on. And we literally were about to get off until the end. I think it, we were about to get off at episode four. Yeah. Do you know what we think we need to do, what Star Wars needs to do? This is the last thing I'm saying, Mm -hmm. is that they need to do what Rogue One did. You start a whole new story where you think it's completely detached. Okay, they're stealing the plans for the Death Star. It's been done. Like, you don't think they'll succeed because they're up against the Empire. Um, But then at the end of the movie, you realize that that is the the beginning of episode four and my jaw hit the floor. So if you can do if you can tell a story about a part of Star Wars that you think is is uninterested or unimportant and then you you have that tie into an event in episode five or or maybe you use it, it. It's a plot hole filler. And that's I think what MCU does is that they create these movies to 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 fill plot holes. But they do it really well, and Star Wars needs to start doing that if they want to make a broader MCU or a broader MCU yeah. style, I yeah. should say. Well, that being said, I think that we're going to take our departure of Star Wars today. We're going to take our departure of the show, just on that note. Um, it's been an f- interesting ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't expect a whole lot of Star Wars coming from us unless we're trying to fight characters against each other because I don't know if I can waste my time anymore watching any more content. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> um, let's do some awesome, juicy, sexy plugs today. Go ahead, guys. You can find me on <laughs> www.twitch.tv slash steelsparky. Oh, wow, I I can't get that sexy. You gotta get to that register. Can you try to get to that register? You, you gotta just go down. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> you had to go down, guy. Real good movies, babies. <laughs> no, 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 it's over. We lost. We lost viewership. <laughs> so fuck it. We're losing viewers because of this shit. So nothing sexy. Real good movies. Uh, and check out. I'm excited for more episodes of BST or Blood, Sweat, and Tears to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Look forward to that too. So this is the end of Star Wars. Yay! Yay! We did it, guys. If you want to hear more awesome talks that is not Star Wars, head over to Moon King Bean slash Podcast to check us out, and also do the binge gang link there too, guys. You get to meet us and see all of our juicy content. This has been interesting. I'm Bean. I'm Jer. And I'm Steel. May the force be with you.